Welcome to Mindset for Medical Moms. I'm your host, Courtney Given, fellow medical mom and life coach. I'm here to help you handle everything from doctor's appointments to surgery so you can feel confidence and peace as you navigate the ups and downs of medical motherhood. This podcast will share strategies and real life tools to strengthen your mindset and increase your emotional resilience. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hello, beautiful medical moms. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you all feeling? It's the middle of October and this end of the year is going by very quickly. I love asking people how are they feeling versus how are they doing and I love asking myself this because you can get vastly different answers. Like if you want to know how someone is actually doing, you have to ask ask them how are they feeling. And I've noticed more people are more honest with this question because I think the difference, obviously I'm not like studying this, but just from my observations, I've noticed that when you ask someone how they're doing, they tell you what they think they should say versus when they, when I ask, Hey, how are you feeling? They are more contemplative and whether or not they're being honest, I don't know, but it seems like to me, they're more willing to share honestly, how are they doing? And anyway, I love that question. So here's your reminder to check in with yourself and ask yourself, how am I feeling? I am feeling very motivated lately. I love this time of year and I love the holidays. I love just like the magic of wrapping up an end of the year and kind of reviewing 2022. I love setting new goals and dreaming up dreams for 2023. And I'm feeling really, really ready to achieve some goals. Um, And one of my goals is to help as many medical moms create a life they love and a life that they feel is authentic and courageous and brave, which is you guys are already doing those things. And One way I help medical moms do this is through my coaching program. And if this podcast has resonated with you on any level, I know coaching will be 10x anything you've heard me say here for you. Like if you are getting progress through the podcast, coaching will just be such a faster way to see results in your life. And with the end of the year wrapping up, I want to highly encourage you not to wait if you are interested in coaching. Sign up for a coaching consultation and let's get started on that life of your dreams sooner than 2023. There's no rule that says you have to start in January on your goals. In fact, I like starting on my goals a little bit earlier because it gives you kind of a trial run, essentially. And it's really important to ask yourself, where do I want to be in six months from now? What do I want to have done? Or how do I want to feel in six months from now? And so many things can change from very subtle habits that you can create. And that's what I do as a coach, I can help you create that feeling or the things you want to accomplish in six months. And 
I would highly encourage you to go sign up for a coaching consult. There is a link in the podcast description or always on my Instagram as well. And if you can't find it, just send me a DM and I'd love to help you there. And one way to drastically improve your life right now, if you implemented these things on the podcast, is by the way you talk to yourself. Self-talk, your internal dialogue, is your thoughts. It's just a reel of thoughts over and over and over and over. Your thoughts and how you think is one of the most valuable assets of your life. And this is goes unnoticed and unharnessed. Like we're not actively being taught how to use the power of our mind enough. Because our thoughts and our thinking is the root of everything. It's the root cause of our emotions. And it's the root as to why we either do or don't do things. And the way you talk to yourself creates beliefs. And your beliefs dictate what you allow yourself to do. Like your beliefs are impacting your decision making in your life, whether or not you allow yourself to do something. When you believe you're not capable of accomplishing a goal, you don't try or you quit when things get hard. When you don't believe that you're actually lovable for who you are fully, you are willing to accept less like behavior from other people. When you fully don't acknowledge your worthiness, you beat yourself up constantly about your mistakes and failures. If you don't believe fully in yourself, you're less likely to pursue goals or believe that your dreams are possible for you and that you're not the exception. It matters how you respond to your failure and how you respond to mistakes or your really tough emotions. And so that's why today I'm going to share five ways you can improve your self-talk. And the reason why this matters is because you matter. Your life matters. Your experience of your life matters. Because there are, there's our life, right? A set of circumstances, things we didn't have any control over like our childhood, circumstances that just kind of happen that we had no say in, like being medical moms. And when these sets of circumstances happen, we can change how we experience those. Like the experience I had as a medical mom a few years ago versus the experience I'm having now is vastly different. And a lot of the things haven't changed. It is my experience, my impact on my experience, like how I am actively taking emotional responsibility for my life. And one way to do this is by recognizing the impact of your self-talk. There um, is a book. Another reason why this matters is this book that is called The Five Regrets of the Dying. And there are many articles written about it. I've not read the book in full, but I've read many articles about it. And every once in a while, it'll go viral again for like a TikTok or a reel or some other person will interview them. And it is really fascinating to read about it. And this person interviewed a bunch of people who were dying, terminally ill, and gathered the five most common regrets of the dying. And what is so fascinating about this is that three out of the five regrets 
are about how they treated themselves. And specifically, two of those three are directly tied to their self-talk. And I'm sure other ones are like could be indirectly tied to it too. But it's just so fascinating to see how much our self-talk can impact what we believe we can or cannot do. One of the regrets is, I wish I had the courage to live a life that was true to me and not what others expected. And when we have beliefs which are our thoughts, which is directly tied to how we talk to ourselves, that other people's needs are more important than our own, that what other people think of us is more important than our own opinion. We don't live a life that is authentic. We don't get the courage to live a life and choose a path that is not what people expected. And it really can start by building up that you matter and your version of authenticity matters. And the other one is I wish I let myself be happier. And I this one really gets to me because it's so easy to disregard our happiness and and our brain is like automatically skewed to the negative. And so when we are thinking these negative thoughts, when we don't have the ability to redirect our thinking, to manage our brains, we don't actively participate in changing our happiness. Like one of the realizations these people had is that happiness on a lot of levels is a choice. And when we are not actively involved in that choice, so much of our life will go by and we'll look back and be like, I could have been happier had I been thinking differently. And One thing that is so powerful about all of this is that this information exists to help us now, right? Like, as medical moms, there is so much we cannot control. There is so much that we have to deal with regardless because it's just reality. And there are lots of things we didn't choose. And on top of that, we are intimately aware of mortality, We fully recognize the preciousness of life and how we don't know when life will end. A lot of times we think we have way more time than we do. And we know what it's like to contemplate the death of our child or our own death. Like when I had Zola, I realized like, whoa, there's so much I don't control in the world. And when she went on ECMO, I also felt that way like, I have no control over whether she survives in this moment. And being able to recognize the preciousness of life helped me recognize what's really important. And the good news in this situation is that you are not helpless. There are things you can control and you can change if you want to. Because it is the perfect time to live the life you want to be living right now. There's no time like the present. So here are the five ways to improve how you talk to yourself, whether it's internally or externally, this will help you. Number one, stop over-romanticizing self-deprecation. It is so trendy. There is like every other TikTok on my For You page. I don't know what that says about my own self-talk, but I get it. It's funny. TikToks that poke fun at yourself, like the relatable stuff that we procrastinate or are lazy or bad parking. I don't know. Like, I 
get it. And because I really love laughing and I really love funny things. And every once in a while, a good self-deprecation is what is necessary for the conversation. However, this is a big one. I feel like it's gone to a place where it's not just like a funny haha, like I'm just not good at this. It's turned into just an acceptable way to like continuously put ourselves down and it gives permission to other people to put you down. And when you start joking about what you're insecure about or things that you are worried about, so like one of the reasons why you might be self-deprecating is to get ahead of other people and be like pointing out your flaws so other people can't point them out to you. And, um, but the problem is, is that it just creates a negative feedback loop where when you say things, whether it's in your head or outside to other people, you feel bad about yourself. And then when you feel bad about yourself, you continue to talk badly about yourself. And it just creates this constant loop of like, yeah, I'm actually not cool. I'm actually not that great of a person. I'm actually not that funny, et cetera, et cetera. And it just creates this idea of all of these bad examples of who you are. One example personally is I've noticed how often I will say to myself, oh my gosh, I'm so dumb. And I've said this to myself I could say it probably like 50 times a day if I really kept count. Like if I drop a pen on the ground or if I spill some water or if I step on a toy, you know, burn food. It doesn't matter. Oh my gosh, I'm so dumb. And on the surface, it's not that big of a deal, right? Like these little tiny moments where I burn something or drop something. Oh, I can just clean it up and move on. And in the moment, I understand that. So I'm not even upset with myself truly, but the reaction and the words matter because those small things happen. And when you respond to your mistakes with, I'm so stupid or I'm so dumb, uh, you create a story of that is who you are. And it could be a story of like, yeah, you are, you don't make good decisions or you really are just stupid, like intellectually, or you're really forgetful because you're always doing this. How many times have we said, man, I always do this. And by thinking the thought, I always do this, you are reinforcing yourself and setting yourself up to keep being forgetful. And if you continuously do this, you might think on the surface level that it doesn't really matter because whatever, these are small inconsequential decisions, but your brain is taking notice of you responding to these decisions. And then when you've made a maybe bigger mistake, and that's totally subjective, but for the lack, the sake of the podcast episode, if you made a bigger mistake or a bigger error, let's say like you hit another car, all of a sudden you are going to think of all of those moments where you were dumb. And you are going to bring up all that information and use it as evidence to show yourself how stupid you are, how bad you are at driving, how reckless you are, how many bad decisions you've made. And it will show you that you cannot trust yourself. You will only be seeing the evidence that you've been secretly gathering because you've been responding to these small inconsequential moments in a way that brings you down, 
that reinforces negative things about you. And not only that, but it's also showing your kids how to respond to themselves. Like you are modeling behavior on how to respond to small mistakes, errors, big or small. And I remember my youngest daughter spilled something and she said, oh, I'm so silly. And I was so grateful. And it was like a reality check because I had just started recognizing my own like, oh my gosh, I'm so dumb. And my oldest will be like, oh, why? What happened? And I didn't even notice how often I said this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that she's saying I'm so silly because I had started saying that about myself. Instead, I needed to give myself a replacement word. And I would be like, oh, I'm so silly. And it just kind of like, yeah, this is a little bit silly, right? Like whatever. And it takes off that pressure. And it's important to not let self-deprecation become a protective mechanism and it's important to just recognize that these small and inconsequential things aren't necessarily the the actual like spilling water or whatever isn't that big of a deal but how you respond to yourself is not inconsequential it is not a small thing because even in the moment these small tiny moments add up to a larger thing and here's the thing about your brain most of your thoughts are negative And most of those negative thoughts are recycled. So you are continuously thinking the same thoughts that you've been thinking for years. And so many, many, many of your self-talk sentences in your mind, all these thoughts are just been repeated and repeated and repeated. And it doesn't even feel like you're thinking a thought like the I'm so dumb. It didn't even feel like I was thinking a thought or making a decision. It just, oh, I'm so dumb. I've been saying it to myself for years. So you have to start recognizing that these thoughts you're having are not facts. They are not the truth. They are just recycled thoughts that you've been thinking for a long time. And this is how you're going to disrupt them is by not self-deprecating all the time. Yes, a little bit is fine here or there, but really notice how often you're putting yourself down and get really curious about it and be like, huh, what is a different way I could respond to myself? That isn't a negative response. You don't even have to like build yourself up necessarily. You can just not respond with I'm so dumb or point out all your flaws immediately upon upon meeting someone because you just need to get it out there, right? Like these moments matter. Okay, number two, be honest with yourself. Being honest with yourself privately will help you increase your self-trust and build evidence for yourself to one, think that you make good decisions, and two, help you be able to create emotional safety. When other people ask you what you want, tell the truth. Like, where do you wanna go for dinner? I know this is a hard one, me included. Sometimes I just don't wanna make the decision, and then I'll just tell my husband that. I just don't wanna make the decision. Say where you want to eat. Say where you want to go. It doesn't mean you're always going to get what you want, but just acknowledging little things like this helps you find your voice and know that your desires and your opinions matter. It doesn't mean we always get our way because that's just not the reality of the world, but being able to speak up for yourself and just state your needs by being honest about these smaller moments in your life 
matters. It builds up that voice inside of you saying, oh yeah, my opinion here is valuable because I'm valuable. My wants and desires matter. And another way to be honest with yourself is when you're feeling upset, when you're feeling disappointed or lonely. The number one way to start being honest with yourself is telling yourself how you feel. And most of us are not doing this, right? We're not checking in with ourselves and saying, how am I feeling right now? We try to ignore our emotions. We try to be better than feeling negative feelings, which is not true at all, but that's what society tells us. And sometimes it's hard to admit that we're feeling lonely. It feels really vulnerable. But the one place we should be able to be vulnerable is with ourselves. And just simply practicing addressing how we are feeling to ourselves saying, hey, I'm feeling really lonely. It will help you create more emotional safety. And you can take it a step further by telling yourself why. I feel lonely because etc, etc. Even if you recognize that it's not the most rational thought or the like you you don't even have to do anything about it. Sometimes we won't be honest with ourselves because we think we have to take an action or like find a solution. And it's like the same way we don't want other people to respond to us about it when we are venting to someone and they just start offering us a bunch of solutions. We're like, no, 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 no. We just need to vent. We also need to be able to do that with ourselves. So you can tell yourself, I just feel really lonely. You don't have to problem solve at all. You can simply just address the fact that you're feeling lonely and the reasons why. Like, I just feel alone. I feel like I don't have many friends. I feel really lost, like, et cetera, et cetera. You can just vent to yourself and recognize that you can be honest with yourself. When you're able to be honest with yourself, you are internally telling yourself that you are a safe place, that you can be emotionally honest with you. And when you feel safe within your own body, you develop more self-trust. And this is how you respond to your emotions, right? When you are a safe place to be, a safe place to land, please go listen to that episode if you haven't, you're able to trust your own judgment and be more likely to believe things you want to believe. Like you're more likely to believe a positive thought about yourself because you trust you. You trust your own brain. Your brain does not become this scary place where you can't spend too much time in. Like you know how to operate your own brain because you're in charge, not your brain. And um, another way of being honest with yourself is by telling yourself how things were for you in the truth and don't try to like tone police yourself. Another like way is when you're telling yourself things weren't so bad. It wasn't so bad, right? And sometimes we need a reality check and be like, it wasn't so bad, okay? Like we're being dramatic and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But sometimes it is that bad. Sometimes it was that hard. Sometimes it really was that painful. And when, especially when like you look back at the hospital, I look back at some of the pictures and I'll be flooded with memories. And I like telling myself in that moment, it really was that hard. And that's why I'm feeling all of the things. Um, I also do this about my childhood. 
Um, I know I've shared a little bit here and there on the podcast, but like my mom um, was on drugs for a while when I was around 14 and I moved out of the house. And so in my mind, I have like a before mom got on drugs life and an after mom got on drugs life. And the before was still very dysfunctional and there was a lot of trauma in my childhood. And sometimes I find myself downplaying the pre-drug addiction because the drug addiction post-life was a lot harder in a lot of ways. And I I just caught myself doing it earlier when I was thinking about it and I was going to write a post about, you know, doing things differently with my family. And I, I kept, I caught myself saying, well, do you really should say that? Like people you knew in your childhood who loved you and treated you well might think that you are saying that you aren't grateful for them or that like you don't love them or appreciate the things that you they did for you and I, and I realized I'm like no like it's both like just because I had a dysfunctional family and trauma it doesn't mean I had a horrible life like there were lots of really fun and happy memories I also have with that but addressing the reality of the dysfunction that I experienced has helped me be more willing to heal. Like I'm more willing to address how it impacts me today. I'm more willing to slow down my reactions and recognize the trauma triggers I have and put in put in all these tools that I teach in my life. Like I'm my own client. My very first client is always me because I'm always finding ways that I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I still was working on this same belief. And so you can be honest with yourself that when things were really hard, tell yourself that, remind yourself. Because sometimes, you know, a year later, post-Fontaine, I was like, was it that bad? Yes, it was hard. Yes, it was that painful. Yes, it was that scary. And that is why you're feeling these feelings. And it creates this way of saying, it's like a relax tension-free place to be where you can just ease into that emotion. Um, And the last way you can tell yourself the truth is by letting yourself not use absolutes. Um, Sometimes your brain does want to be really dramatic and over dramatic, right? And exaggerate things because especially if you feel like you were not listened to or you feel like people don't believe you, sometimes you will be extra dramatic, like over-explain and really try to emphasize like in big, bold words. And what happens is, is that people are less likely to believe you when you are like that, over-explaining or using a lot of, you know, absolutes. So when your brain uses absolutes like always or never, you can recognize that it most likely is rarely true when always or never are used. And telling yourself the truth in this area is actually more empowering and you're able to problem solve and recognize what you can control and validate your feelings. So for example, if you are feeling lonely and you're, you want to talk to your mom And you're like, my mom never calls me. A reframe of this is my mom called me two times last month and I wish it was more. 
it's the truth. And it's a more validating experience of the truth, right? Like you recognize that she called twice and it still doesn't feel like it was enough and you want it to be more. That is something you can figure out. That is something you can actually, like I could help you get coached on that sentence, but my mom never calls me is a less empowering place to be. Another version is like everything is bad. Nothing works out for me. Everything is bad right now. That kind of self-talk only shows you the bad parts of your life. And instead, I want you to recognize the hard parts and the good parts. Like you recognize both will allow you to not doom, like it takes off the doom and gloom and the pressure and urgency. So if you say everything is bad right now or nothing is working out for me, Maybe you say, okay, specifically the last three weeks were really challenging and there were some good moments too, right? Because it was both. Not every day for 24 hours a day is horrible. Even if it's just a few hours of boredom, it's not horrible. This kind of honesty is going to allow you to not feel so extreme in your emotions. It's not going to feel like there's like these really high highs and really low lows. It's going to take away a lot of that urgency and pressure and that doom and gloom from being that over dramatic, over explaining place. And in September, I had two weeks that were like very hard for my mental health. I just was in this really funky place and I was just sad and I felt very apathetic for a lot of things and I was still functioning and I was still doing all the things, but I just felt really sad. And one thing that helped me was being honest with myself and not making it a problem. I just was telling myself, I'm like, yeah, I just feel unmotivated. I feel sad. Um, And I just let myself be sad. I was like, all right, we're just going to be sad. And I just didn't put myself, I didn't put a lot of pressure on myself to try to fix anything or problem solve. And I kept telling myself that it's not going to be like this forever. That, and I did notice though, how quickly my brain wanted to recall all of my past decisions that were bad. And like, I was just having some like, real drama in my mind about me and myself and my worthiness and all the things. And I was able to keep redirecting my self-talk, but it was like a few weeks of just like intensely like, no, we want to feel bad about ourselves. And I was like, okay, we're going to feel sad, but we're not going to talk badly about ourselves. And so I just kept redirecting my mind and I was trying to be very honest with myself and it really did help ease the pressure. It didn't stop me from feeling sad, but it didn't make the experience even more painful. And that's the goal is to take away all that unnecessary pain and just feel the necessary stuff of life. Number three is to decide to stop saying negative things about your body, like a full stop. This isn't even an option for you anymore. Like that's how I want you to think about it. If this doesn't mean you have to have a bunch of positive thoughts, like go from one extreme to the other, but it does mean you just don't allow negative thoughts to be your baseline about your body. This was a goal of mine last year in 2021, and it's wild 
to think about how differently my brain is and how much more room I have to think different thoughts when my, my brain isn't so preoccupied on thinking about my body. And when a negative thought creeps in, don't beat yourself up for it. Just recognize it as a thought and know you don't have to continue entertaining it. Just because you think a thought doesn't make it true. Just because you're looking in the mirror and be like, "Ugh, yeah, you're ugly. Or, oh, you look gross. Just because you think of it doesn't make it actually tr- the truth. And I usually say something like, oh, I don't think like that anymore. Or, oh, I don't speak to myself like that anymore. That's not allowed here. Because that was that would be how I would operate if someone said that to me in my home, right? I'd be like, um, no, you can leave if you're going to continue to speak like that to me. It's a boundary that I have set with myself and I enforce it because how you treat yourself matters. And my favorite neutral thoughts about my body are, I have a body. Like, it's just a great one to redirect to. If my, someone in my brain is going to say, oh my gosh, that's gross. I'll say, mm, I have a body. Here I am. This is what a body looks like. And I normalize everything I see that my body wants to critique. If I see a pimple or a body hair or I smell bad, I will just say, that's what bodies do. And it doesn't mean I'm not implementing a skincare routine or wearing deodorant or shaving if I want to. Like, it's not that I am just ignoring all these things that I either dislike in the sense of like, I don't, I want to shave. But it just means I don't also add treating myself unkindly to the process. Like, I'm still going to wash my face, but when I notice a pimple, I'm not going to let that derail my day or my mind. I'm just going to say, oh yeah, that's what skin does. That is so normal, right? We don't have to treat ourselves unkindly and we don't have to reinforce negative stereotypes about normal human bodies. And just this thing alone, our bodies and our self-talk can be a super empowering process for you. Okay, number four, find out what you love about yourself. This is important, y'all. You should like yourself and you should practice loving yourself. And in order to do that, in order to like you, you have to be interested in who you are. Figure out what lights you up. Find what you love about yourself. It can be anything from the basic stuff to random things only you know about yourself to um, your body parts. Like it can be like quote unquote shallow things like your hair or your eyes, which I don't think are shallow, but you know what I mean? Like make a literal list and write 10 things down by the end of the day. And then keep adding to it. What parts of your body do you love? What parts of your personality do you like? What quirks do you think are so adorable? What parts of your life do you love? Recognize the parts of your life that bring you joy. Recognize the things that you enjoy doing. What makes you you and why do you love it? Start saying to your, if you are saying to yourself something like, oh, well, I'm just a nobody. I'm just so average. I don't have anything special about myself. I'm just so basic. Hey, girl, me too. I am so basic. I am a normal average person. But that doesn't mean you don't have to over romanticize yourself. I want you to do that. I want you to have your own back. 
I want you to be able to keep adding to that list and find a hundred things to love about yourself before the end of the year. 10 things every week, add to that list. When you start with things that are easily recognizable, you can start building up that evidence about what is true for you. And you can have a strong foundation of who you are and why you're so lovable. Okay, number five, I want you to reinforce your self-worth. This is a concept I talk about a lot on the podcast, but it is so important. If you adopt this belief that your worth is unchangeable, then it doesn't matter how badly you feel about yourself because it will always come back to your worth. This is just such a repeat thing. I have to do these things because if I don't, I blank and I will ask a person and coach them through it and will be like, well, essentially I will be less lovable or I will be unlovable if this happens. And many people want to argue with me when I tell them no. I say, no, your worth is 100%. Nothing can change it. They're like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm lovable except blah, 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 blah. I'm worthy of love as long as I don't make mistakes. I'm a good person as long as people approve of me. But here's the thing, my friends, is that your worth is not based on outside opinions. Your worthiness is not measured by the success of your career or the amount of money you have or any of it. Your worth is not predicated on an outside source. A lawyer is not more worthy than a teacher. A homeless person is not less lovable than a male person, as like a mail carrier person. (laughs) You have inherent worth as a human being. And if this is true, if you adopt this belief, you can fail, you can make mistakes, and you can grow without the fear of losing your worth. You can risk things without believing that, oh, if I risk and I embarrass myself, that I am less lovable or worthy. And we want to be loved. And you might think that this is based off of what you do or accomplish or how much money you have or the success of your business or how much you get done during the day, but none of that measures your worth. You are infinitely more worth. You are infinitely more than you are even recognizing. You're infinitely more than you are even acknowledging. Acknowledging. Your worthiness is not up to you. It is just inherent. And you deserve love and respect for existing. And when you adopt this belief and practice making this the truth, the baseline, you will apologize easier. You will be able to have difficult conversations because you are not attaching your behavior to your worth. You can fail and you can be messy and you can own up to it, right? You can recognize when you mess up and make mistakes and it doesn't have to be the end of the world. You are more willing to engage in those uncomfortable conversations and be honest with yourself and take feedback and grow a lot quicker because we're not attaching everything to our worth. Okay, and as a bonus, this is number six, but it's a bonus one. Um, Surround yourself with people who also value you and that can see your contributions and your talent and your skills and who lift you up. There is a power that is undeniable with who you surround yourself with. And if you find yourself with family members or friends or people who 
are very self-deprecating, who don't appreciate you or build you up, then this can have an impact on you too. And you can do something about this by who you surround yourself with. And I have a friend who is just such a good example of this. She is constantly building people up. And I was talking to her the other day and I said something, not necessarily negative about myself, but slightly like down. And she just said, but Courtney, you are so amazing. And she does this all the time. Like it doesn't matter what I say. If I say something slightly bad about myself, she is always saying, but Courtney, you are so amazing. And she builds you up in such a sincere, joyful way that I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe she, maybe this is like the truth. Like, holy moly. And it's just like, I love being around her because she is an encourager. And I just think there's so much power in being able to surround yourself with people who see you and compliment you and can recognize your value and when you do this it's more likely to be believable you will catch yourself saying oh my gosh maybe this is true and I see how amazing she is and it's just a very beautiful way to have relationships all right my friends if you have questions about this episode I would love to help you implement these tools come join our Facebook group on Facebook. There's a link in the show description. And as always, I am so grateful for all of you. Please um, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review if you like the podcast as well. All right. I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Welcome to Mindset for Medical Moms. I'm your host, Courtney Given fellow medical mom and life coach. I'm here to help you handle everything from doctor's appointments to surgery so you can feel confidence and peace as you navigate the ups and downs of medical motherhood. This podcast will share strategies and real life tools to strengthen your mindset and increase your emotional resilience. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go.